Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Hey, welcome to the Loft, and it's a new year, all right? And, and, and it's the first day back, and I know, baby, it's cold outside. But uh, we're going to have some fun up here. Uh, thanks for braving, braving the weather and all the elements. My, my temperature gauge on my vehicle this morning read 5 or 6 degrees. I was like, it's going to be cold. I'm curious how to see when people brave this temperature. But you guys are crazy enough to come out here, so we're going to have some fun talking about Jesus. And so uh, I promise you, you're in, some, you're in store for something new, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, uh, and it's going to be one of those moments of clarity for all of us as we take off into 2017. And so let me just ask a couple quick questions really Real quick, um, how many, just go ahead and be completely honest, you need to raise your hand, this is class participation this morning, um, you remember you're closer to heaven so you can't lie, uh, you, you know, you, you, how many had made a resolution this year, go ahead, raise your hand if you did, look, oh man, what's up with you people, not many people made any resolutions, we have a bunch of slackers or people that just do not care, let me ask it this way, how many has already broken a resolution and we're only seven days. We've got two people in the back shaking their hands and everything else. So we've got some people raising their hands, some people not even, why are we even doing this? But we're just going to be really honest up here simply because I believe some of you have made resolutions and have already broken them and don't even want to talk about them because you do not want to look at that exercise plan. You're, you're already feeling guilty that you've spent way too much money last, you know, last Christmas and now the bills are coming in. You're like, I won't spend any more money, but you went through the drive-thru this morning to get that extra cup of coffee from McDonald's or you went across to the, the, the hub and got some, some good coffee. I, I was told it was good coffee. And so we'll see what happens. But my, my thing is, is you just start to literally investigate 2016 um, and you really, how many, let's just investigate, how many has wrote on a piece of paper, let's ask it this way. How many has wrote on a piece of paper this year already, in, you know, seven days in, wrote 2016? Some people write checks. There we go. See, that's a little bit more honesty. You know, is it kind of hard to fathom we're in a new year already? I mean, because it's, it's here. It literally is right here. Uh, and I guarantee it, how many, if we're really honest, will probably write 2016 this week too, if we're just being really honest, you know? Because just, it's just one of those things, you know? It's like it's old, but it's, it's new, and it's just weird how that happens. Here's the cool thing about what I look at and just investigate what God does. You know, the new year is that special time of year when we become painfully aware of where we were, we're not, you know? We become very clear, like, where we're not and where we want to go uh, and what we need to do differently this year in 2017. And these moments of looking at the past and dreaming towards the future, we, it starts to bring clarity of where we are personally. And traditionally, the new year is a season of honesty. If we're just completely honest, it's all about us. It's all about me. It's, it's, self, it's completely self-absorption. You know, it becomes those narcissistic moments in life because it literally becomes about me. It's all about what I can do to make myself better. Uh, you know, the result of, of that is literally, you know, churches are packed on Sunday morning, usually the first of the year. Just be real. They're, they're, they're packed, and that's proven to be true today. If we look at the results of, of just health clubs and the, the memberships, they give discounts at the very beginning of the year. I don't know if you noticed that. There's a reason for that because I know that you're more willing to look at yourself in the mirror and go, something is not right. I don't know what this is, but this ain't supposed to be there. And you start to, and you start to go, man, I need to go work out that last one week. You know, and they, they, now they're making a contract money, so they got you hook, line, and sinker. If you would invest that to Jesus, how much more powerful would that be this year? Come on, I'm just being real. Uh, Throw that money into Love Loud now and just start running around telling your Jesus story. And I guarantee you, you lose more weight. Um, 
That's, that's, there's, your, there's your weight exercise plan for 2017. Share your story with Jesus. Uh, I guarantee it, you'll walk like no other. Anyways, uh, debt counselors, I mean, we have some financial crown stuff that's happening this semester, so if you're look, looking to hop in and try to understand what you can do, come see me, come see Joseph, he's gonna be teaching it. But, you know, debt counseling things go off the charts. People wanna know how they get out of debt. The crazy one, literally, that I thought was kind of interesting, but vitamin shops, they get flooded with people like you and me and like, oh, I need to start taking this pill. I need to start taking this pill. I need to start doing this. And, and they just get absorbed by all your all's monies that you don't have in the first place. So you need to go to the debt counseling. And it's just one of those things. It's just a complete circle. Uh, the whole month is basically, though, if we're truthfully, the whole month of January is all about what? What should I do about me? It becomes literally just about you. You know, it becomes about me and just what we can do differently. But we tend to forget that people we respect the most in life didn't devote their lives to becoming the best versions of themselves. They've devoted their lives to making a difference in the world or in someone's world or in someone's life. And the question is why or what, you know, how they do that or what they do. Meaning it was not all about their own self. They made a decision today that affected tomorrow and, and it changed everybody's life. And you and I both know people who did this, and so let's just rehash some things and look at some examples, but come on, let's just be real. Abraham Lincoln, you know, he stood up for what was right, equality, and he went out and made a difference in the world. It cost him his what? His life. Some people are sort of just glaze over that like a Krispy Kreme donut, but hey, it's history, and it's true. It's sort of those black, black moments in our, in our history, American's history. If we fast forward it largely into literally the days of Martha Luther King, he, what, he had a dream, right? And he lost his what? Life. Catch the pattern? When you stand up for something that's huge in the world, typically people counter that. They come after you, you get attacked. The devil says it this way, basically in John, he, I come to steal, kill, and destroy because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want life. And my question for you this morning is like, what do you want to do? How do you want to, you know, redefine life this year? You see, um, Mother Teresa did a wonderful job, and it cost her her life too. She loved on people in every situation around the world. And maybe you know, you know, a mother, if you know a mom or, a, you know, a, a person that's inspired you, maybe, maybe they chose not to get to the divorce and stuck with the father and saw a completely life change in them. You see, that's my, that's my story and my family. My wife's family, a, a, a mother who could have completely said it's done, but she stuck with him and eventually on her deathbed, she gave her life to see him come to know Christ. That's my story. I saw it happen. I got to witness it. You see, change requires one thing for you to invest into, and it's a complete devotion towards forward motion. If you want to tweet that one out, you go right ahead. I worked on that one all week long. You know, a complete devotion towards forward motion. It requires all of us. We cannot look at the past and sort of just start to define us. We have got to fix our eyes on the future, which is Christ, and allow him to change everything. You see, we, we started, a, uh, today, we're launching this brand new four-week series called, you guessed it, New. And some of you have seen this on Facebook. Some of you asking questions like, what is it? Is it just a new series, new year, new year? What is it? You know, today, I, I'd like to just ask all of us, how many of you, at some point in your life or another, uh, you've been dissatisfied with your own behavior? Come on, raise your hands. See, that's everybody. Now we're talking. We got class participation today. 
You, you don't like the way you're, you're acting and occasionally you're dissatisfied with yourself already. We're only seven days in, you're dissatisfied. And it's just those things inside, you just know something's wrong. It sort of upsets your stomach. I don't know about you, maybe, maybe you find yourself yelling at your kids. Um, sometimes when you shouldn't do that. You know, especially if your wife's got the flu, by the way, thanks for checking on you, checking on us and, and praying for us now. I think my son's got it, Micaiah and Maximus. So it's just a wonderful time in my house, um, especially with a, a, a pregnant woman of eight months. It's just, wow, it's awesome. Um, so you find yourself being impatient a little bit, you know, and, and with all that, the people that you love in your house, and, and maybe you, you can be just a bit overcritical moments. Those, yeah, has anybody ever done those things? Okay, just making sure I'm just not confessing everything in the first of the year. I just want to dump everything out, you know. But you look at your life and you say, hey, I'm trying to be a follower of Christ and be example and to be a faithful Christian, but sometimes I do things that are not very Christ-like. Can anybody say amen or raise their hand? Okay, we got some people saying yes. All right, thank you. Uh, for example, I'm just going to just be really transparent, and this morning you can judge me later. Um, uh, but it, just a couple of weeks ago, um, in my house during Christmas break, um, uh, two of my oldest M&Ms, that would be Maximus and Mia, got into a spat. Everybody say spat with me. Come on. Spat. There you go. You got the, you got the southern drawl, too. I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, those who are from the city, you know, that's okay. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, we'll get the translators from Lincoln County and Casey County to tell you what that means. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 does that ever happen in your house? I mean, a spat? I mean, there's those moments of spats. I see our kids, they get into a spat, and, and it happened in our house a couple weeks ago, and one kid raised her voice, I won't say who, but her voice, and, 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 and he raised the voice back because he's stronger, and it was, just, it was all out Star Wars in our house. Lightsabers were going crazy. They, they were spatting, and then they were hitting fingers, and it just got really weird really quickly, and then the third M, we'll say which one that was, but... He jumped off of the couch on top of the other one to defend the oldest one. <laughs> Let's just say he was trying to use the force. And it didn't work out very good. So everybody's screaming at this point and everybody's having a hee-haw. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was just those moments of spat when I will swear to you, the fourth M that's in the womb jumps out of down. I mean, just jumps and starts jumping in the womb. He's like, I want in, I want in, I want in. And Sarah goes, ah! And she had enough, and I walk in with my lightsaber. <laughs> my lightsaber is, a, is, a, is a, a Lowe's paint stick about this long. And I walk in, you know, one of these moments of clarity, and everybody just, you know, I, I had the force at that moment. It was awesome. Everybody got deathly silent. And I just laid out everything that I had to say. And it was not holy whatsoever. It, it wasn't. I, I just started raising my voice uncontrollably. And, and it was, you know, a moment of clarity where I was yelling. Um, and I was telling them, I was telling them, we do not yell in our house. And they're, they're, yeah, they're saying, yes, sir, you know, and, and the youngest M, he's like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, no, I'm not an M, I'm not a ma'am. Do I need to remind you with this? Go to your room. 
down the hallway. And as they're going to the hall, you know, going to the rooms quickly as possible, my wife's laying there. Did you have to yell? I was like, I thought you wanted peace and quiet. She's like playing the, you know, the mind tricks with me. So I'm sitting there just all bedazzled and thinking, you know, don't judge me, by the way. You know, it's just those, those, those things. Do you ever do those things? You say something you know you're not supposed to say, but you do it in the first place, and you're telling other people don't do it, and you're just like, this makes no sense. I, what happened? What happened to that whole situation? You, you glance back and you sort of look at the situation when you can get some clarity. You know, that night maybe you're just having some alone time or maybe it's the next morning you're driving with the car, you're having, you're having your K-Love moment or Air One moment, I'll call them. They're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh. You know, that happened to me the next day when they all went to school. And it was just peacefully quiet and I was reading and I was like, I should not have walked in there and whipped out my lightsaber. But I, I laid down the law with my voice. Not a godly one, definitely not a Christ follower. I think even my youngest son in the womb, his name is Matthias, by the way, Matthias Wren Kilby. Um, I believe he even spun around and was like, oh, he's gonna kill me. You know, I do not wanna come out. There was fear in the room because of my mouth, but I had had it up to here. There was no peace in the Kilby household that day. And you sort of look at it and just say, you know, what happened? What happened in that whole situation? You know, I'm doing the very same thing that I'm telling them not to do. And, and I look at my own life and say, why am I like this? Or a better question is, is why are we like that? Because I guarantee you, you've already raised your hands and at some point you've done that. And so I just want you to lean in and don't miss this point. At the very beginning of each year, we tend to do this on a grander level. We tend to do this at a bigger level. We, we are very dissatisfied and even discouraged by the way we have be, behaved in the past. And so we, we'll say, I will try harder, right? We'll say, I will try harder, and I need to be better. And I'm going to say, I'm going to set a New Year's you know, goal, a, a goal to, to be achieved, or we call them New Year's what? Resolutions, right? And it's kind of awesome that some people say, well, if I just need to go to church, I just need to go to church more. And maybe I need to turn over a new direction in my life. And, and sometimes people say, well, I'm, trying to go to, I'm just going to be more religious. And I will try to eat less. I will try to get out of debt. And I will try harder to follow God more. And I will try and I will try. And I will try to become a new person. But why? But why? Why, why are you trying to do all this? It's my question this morning. Because the why does not lie. It, if it's about yourself, <laughs> if this is a horrible reason for you to do it, by the way. But it better be because of something greater, and we're going to explore that here in a second. But, but, but the why does not lie because it will come back and haunt you sometime. It just depends on the time frame. Timelines don't lie, and neither does the why. So this one's for you. Or is this for others? Is, why are you doing this? I pray it's because Jesus has made you new. I pray that Jesus has made you new in a way that you know it and you can feel it 
and you're wanting to go all in following being obedient to him, I pray that some of you have to struggle with this one, why you should go ask forgiveness. It's not for the sake of just saying an apology because it's the right thing to do or you get the lightsaber. It should be because God's made you new and you want to apologize and ask for forgiveness. And watch what happens. You see, if you try to fix things, eventually it falls backwards. If Jesus makes you new, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. You, you fix your eyes on the prize and you run the race of your life and it will change everything. You see, when we follow Christ today, we're, we're just not better. We're just not better, but he makes us new. In fact, I want to dive into this key verse and sort of, we're sort of setting the, the, the stage. This might be one of those sermons, if you're new with this, you're like, well, there's just not much scripture today and, and that's okay. We're setting the stage for the next four weeks. We're setting the stage for what the next four weeks look like because I want us to get out of here with one thing. Why? I know it's a hard question. So I'm like, oh. but why? And so 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 17, then you see the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul uh, said, said this, 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 this chapter in motion because he had something going on inside. And he was made new. And if you don't know the story of the Apostle Paul, uh, let me help you just a little bit. He, he, um, his background, his first name, his birth given name, his name was, do we have any Bible scholars out there? Saul, we got some, congratulations, that's right. You don't have to be afraid of that. We won't condemn you up here if you get it wrong. Saul, his name was Saul. And when he walked around this earth, he literally was persecuting Christians left and right. And another way to look at it, he was a Christian killing machine. But here's the beautiful side. Jesus saw something in Saul that we couldn't see. And when that happened, when that moment of, of, of encounter happened, no different than what you're encountering right now as far as being in a loft, maybe uncomfortable, maybe some tension in your life, because you're having to lean in, because that's what was going on. Saul knew he was in the wrong, and finally God called him on it. Jesus shows up, transforms his, his life, his heart gets reconditioned, and he was made new on the spot. And he became the apostle Paul. And from that day forth, he went around telling everybody about the life change that he had, and people listened because they knew who Saul was, and they're like, that's not Saul. Why, what's going, and they're just like, why, why, what, what happened? Why, did, why is he doing this? Why is he, why is he loving on me? Because now, now it's just, everything's different. Why, why, why? He wrote half of the New Testament that we hold dear and true to us. He went around planting churches everywhere, Literally, if we wish to track the DNA, those is kind of crazy, but you know those, those genealogies that allow you to track where you're from. Some of you are going to find out you're an Eskimo and that's not comfortable, you know, but hey, it's just the truth. But the beautiful side is if we can track the, the DNA roots of, of Centerpoint Church, we would probably track them all the way back to the Apostle Paul. Just being real. You'll track them all the way back to this day and time. That's crazy to think about. But I'm just being honest kind of crazy but that's how Jesus works people thought he was crazy but he wasn't because he came to save the world he came to change everything and so the apostle Paul literally launches this 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 piece of passage I want to dive into which is 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 16 and 17 and we're going to visit this every single week as we launch the next three weeks 
And so it says this, it says, uh, so, so from now on, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. I just want to make sure we're clear on this. What, what are we talking about? Worldly point of view. Well, we're going to dive into that. I want to hold on to that. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So quite honestly, that's, that's where some of you might be right now. Some of you might be right now. You look at Jesus and say, from a human point of view, he was probably a good teacher. I mean, come on. He didn't have a microphone. He didn't have a PA. He didn't have anything, but he drew crowds of 5,000. How did he do that? You have to ask that question. From our earthly view, viewpoint, from our mind point, we can't really fathom that. He didn't have an amazing worship team. He just walked on water. I mean, that just did he just pulled the unthinkable. He did the unbelievable. He did the supernatural, which changed lives. The crazy thing is you have the same ability. And he was a great moral leader, right? He was obviously a, a nice guy. He said some pretty cool phrases. He challenged the, the status quo. You look at him and say from a, from a human point of view, which is still limited, we're limiting what God can do. But see, Paul goes on, and he says it totally different. He, he really takes it up a notch, and, and how differently we know him now is not just about him, but how differently we know him, and we start to really dive into what he's trying to say in verse 17. It says this. It says, therefore, I love therefores. It's just like the moment of transition. Therefore, comma, if anyone is in what? Christ. What happens? The new. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new, say it with me, church, is here. Come on, say it like you mean it. The new is here. It is. Do you believe it? It's right here in front of you. I mean, it's setting right here for you. Some of you had a bad year. I'm telling you, it's right here. It's, I'm glad you're here. It's literally right here for you to, to lean in and trust who Christ is for the very first time. And some of you need to do that, by the way. Some of you need to stop playing some games and start to understand, hey, this is no longer a religious thing or a mind thing. This is a heart thing. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. But the question we have to answer is why. The question we need to start to really evaluate is, is why. And I love how he phrases this at the very beginning. He says, you know, this, this, this means anyone. Therefore, if what? Anyone. That means me, you, anybody. Anybody who wants to lean into what? Christ. See, you can't do this. You can try to fake it to make it, but you can't do this. This means that anyone who belongs to, say it with me, Christ is what? They have become new. A new person, completely transformed. You can try to cover it up with all the nice little stuff that you got from, you know, Christmas and cover it all up. But that's not newness. That's not the new that he's talking about. This is totally different. This is at the spiritual level because he's saying the old has what? Gone. And I have come to provide newness in your life. New life is here. It literally is because we're asking the Father. We started off by asking him to do everything for us at the very beginning. But the question is, is have you ever thought about why we do this? Have you ever asked the simple question of why? Notice it doesn't say, hey, anyone who believes in Christ because even the demons believe in Christ and they shudder. 
You ever ask that simple question? I know my mind does. It, it, it wanders. It's like a bouncy ball falling off the top of this building. It goes everywhere when I read pieces of passages. It just does. But anyone who belongs to him, anyone who is fully surrendered to him, isn't just better, but is made. Oh, that was weak. There we go. It's just not better, but you're made. There we go. Maybe 80% participation this morning. It's not just better. Things are not just going to be better. You're made new. It's not just a better moment to start working out. You're made new because you know this is what your, your, your Christ requires of you. Your body's a living, holy temple. You're going to be made new. It's awesome when you start to give away more than, you know, just everything. You start to realize, hey, this is not my money. This is Jesus' money. This is what it feels like. I'm made new. It just changes everything. I should start serving in ways. It's just going to change everything. I, I'm made new. People are going to ask why. This is where we're going. You're going to have to start to define new. It's starting to start to really start to define new. A better way to say this and and starting to understand, just to understand just a little bit of of context here before I can set this next phase up. I got a couple minutes to do this in. Religious behavior can make you nice, but only Christ can make you new. I didn't hear one amen, by the way. Maybe I'm a little deaf on that one, but I'll say it again. Religious behavior can make you nice, only Christ can make you new. Amen. All right. Do you believe it? See, gym workouts can make you look better and take away some of that, but only Christ can make you new. Getting into debt management program can make things better for you, but only Christ can show you what it feels like to be f- freedom. Are you tracking with me? Let me try a different way. I- I'm going to really push over to this right here board and ask a simple question of one word. And one word is going to define the new for us. And that one word is this. And I'm a righty, so don't stare at my butt. Oh, my goodness. And you can't see it, and so we did not check this earlier, so this means this is not the best way. Is there another dry eraser marker in the back? I saw somebody said got one. They had one back there, so they got the dry one for me. This is a practical joke. But the question is, can you see it? Yeah. Why? You see, why, in my knowledge, changes everything. If you can start to answer the why, it literally changes everything for 2017. I promise you it does. Why changes everything? Because why leads us to the who, and the who leads us to the where. And so if we start to really evaluate that, it really changes everything. Thank you, Mr. Brian. Let's look and see if we can figure this one out. Oh, this is even better. We are full of ourselves this morning. This one has not even a thing. We'll push down where. All right. And we'll do this. Circle that. Circle this and circle this. Can you see it now? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to figure out the why. And the why is going to lead us to the who. And the who, we circle in the circle of the who. And we're going to lead it to the where. This is not a Dr. Seuss book, by the way. But I promise you, this changes everything. This is our map for 2017. You can take pictures of it if you want to. Not that much. That's not pretty. But if you can answer it, it's going to change everything. Let me explain it to you. Have you ever uh, 
looked at yourself and asking questions and, 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 and starting to ask questions when you present yourself to other people. But do you look at, have you ever noticed how a child asks a question? I have four of them now in my household. But what's their first question? Why, 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 it doesn't stop in my house. I mean, I, 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 why, why? Why is he doing that? Why is she doing that? Why, why can't I do that? Why can't I? I don't know. Just shut up, go ask your mom. It just, you know, it just constantly, you know, why, 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 why? Why are they drinking chocolate milk and I can't? Because you, you're, you're like those. Why, why, why? It just, oh, it gets fun, you know? Why can't I sleep over? Why can't I do this? And it's just, why, why, why? Why do I have to take a shower? Because you stink. <laughs> why do I have to eat pizza? Because it's the only food we have on the table. You know, why, 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 why? It's all we ever get is why. Why can't I buy all the Star Wars Legos, everything? Because I do not Lego, like Legos in my house. I can't stand them. I step on them. You do not pick them up. Why, why, why? It's just, con- you know what I'm talking about now? The why? Does anybody else have that experience? It's just me. Just me. All right. But here's what's funny. As an adult, this is what happens. You transition out of the why to the what. You naturally do this. You see, Jesus wants us in this aspect of a childlike faith, and I think it's beautiful that they ask why because it, it challenges me to answer it. We, we literally, we, we, we do this, and when I don't know what in the world, why we do it, but uh, let me show you this. When we get older, we go from the uh, why world to the what world, and we do it naturally. It's just, we, we go from this, this, por- this portion of what. So I don't go up to, to uh, Shane on the front thing. I know Shane, Shane, my name's Jason, Shane, Jason, and we go back and forth in the cordial thing, and we don't say, you know, you know this question, but we ask this question. What we ask, what do you do? Or what happened? Or what are the Patriots going to do? You know? They're going to lose. But he says those things. I could not resist. I am so sorry. I just could not resist. God forgive me. So, totally distracted everybody up here. It's okay. Get back to the why. I'm a sinner. Uh, See, it all fits. If we get back to the why, it changes everything, but some of us don't like to because it has to really go deep inside. If we have to ask the question, and it's just weird grammar, by the way. I know you, for those who are grammar teachers and English teachers, just forgive me. But the next time you walk up to him, it would be awkward for me to go to Shane and say, why do you do? Not what do you do, but why do you do? He would look at me like, what's wrong with you? You're talking like Scooby-Doo. It, just, it would be really awkward, but I'm telling you, it changes everything. Because if you can't answer the why, there should not be a what. There shouldn't. If, you, if you're in new Christ, if you're in with new, you, you know the why. You know. But if it's just a religious thing, you'll answer the what. If it's just a head knowledge, you'll answer the what real quick. What's the loft? Oh, it's where we gather. It's a church thing. It's just a wall thing. It's just a worship thing. Oh, they do things. They got LEDs. It's a what. It's a what. It's a what. But when you start going why, <laughs> it changes everything You see, we don't do it enough. We don't gravitate to the why enough. We get stuck in our habits of the what. We get stuck in the what. And if we're forced to answer why do you do first, 2017 literally transitions into a whole new thing. You see, here's, I want you to lean into this as we just sort of round the corner here. The success of life is found in the what 
The success of life is found in the what, but the significance of life is found in the why. Are you tracking with me? The, the, the success of life, we're, we're found, we're, we just do this naturally. We, we talk about our success of what's all, every, every single day, but the significance is found in the why. Why, who, where. You see, I've never been more charged up in my life than right now. Why? Because I see the new. I see the new that's created around me, and I see the, the life stories. You just heard Megan tell, share just a little glimpse of her, of my wife really getting charged up and making a difference and going after her spiritually speaking. She just opened her heart in a way that allowed natural conversations, spiritual conversations to happen in, in her work environment, and it's changed that woman from the inside out, and I'm thankful because now I know what happens. Multiplication happens next because of the new. But why? Because Sarah and I both knew we made an agreement that this is what we wanted to surrender our life to the rest of our lives. We wanted to be completely devoted to something immeasurably more that can create change, not just in our hearts, but in everybody else's. That's the why. And it's simply because of Jesus. We made a decision to follow Jesus. Complete, utter devotion to him. And it's changed my family. We're not perfect but we believe in the why. You see, when we are in Christ and we have been made new, not for us to be better, that's the earthly point of view. It's because so others can ask why. Why do you do what you do? Why? And the only response should be because Christ has made me, say it with me, church. That's the plan. That's the plan. You see, we look, we look back to 2016, the pain that was there, the debt, the wrecked marriage, the personal issues, that secret sin that you don't want anybody to know. But Christ is saying, lean into me. Why? Because I make things new. You got to. Why? Because I just want to love on you. I want to expose the truth. I want to flood your life full of life. But you got to open it up. You gotta open up the heart because I say this, the old is gone and the new is here. Everything is made new with me. Why? Because I'm the difference maker. I'm the one who presents life into the fullest. Do you believe it? It's a question. Do you really believe it? Is your heart leaning into that? Let me give you some examples of, of why changed life's create change. If you think about this for one example, and I'm just going to close down with this, but think about why with Noah. Go back to the Old Testament. Why? When Noah started to receive messages from God, there was no such thing as rain. Everybody looked at him like he was crazy. But eventually, his why was being obedient to Jesus, which led him to who? Led him into his family being saved, you know, and, and, and which led him to where? Promised land. You follow me? Now, let me break it down to you another way. Moses, Moses, you know why? He led his family to what? Freedom, the Israelites, the who? To where? Promised land. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me this far? When Jesus knelt down with this woman, who was caught the why. He didn't answer all the questions. He presented another one. He loved on her, the who, the woman caught to lead her where? In a life full of freedom and love. 
Why did Jesus do this? He showed compassion. Why did he say it was finished? Because he made history for you and for me to lean into, to believe. When the world was celebrating and partying like no other business, when the, think about it, the New York Square ball, ball dropping just a couple weeks ago. It literally has nothing compared to when the world was celebrating when Jesus' death happened. But Jesus didn't really die. He was just resting in the tomb. He was resting. Why? Because his plan was greater and he had something made new and he wanted to show the whole world what the newness of the, the prince of peace looks like, the king of all kings looks like. And when he came out, it redefined history for you and for me. Why did Jesus do that? Because he wanted to show the world one thing new for you. And Jesus says, why is you? I know this sounds confusing, but I'm telling you, Jesus' why is you. To be in a relationship where in heaven for him with eternity. So let's go backwards. If he wants us here and where in, in eternity with heaven, he really wants you to be there to experience this whole thing. Why? Because he loved you. God loved you. He loved you so much that he sent his one and only son. You've heard this, especially if you've been around church. He sent his one and only son to do what? Come on, say it with me. He gave up his life. For us to have a relationship. Why? Because he loved you. He wanted a different life for you. He wanted something new for you. So now in 2017, I can't be uh, about you anymore. It cannot be about me anymore. No more of, of what we want. We want literally to do one thing. We want to answer this why because new comes from this why. When we start to focus on this why, it really takes us to the next person down the line, which is who. It could be somebody on your rows. It could be somebody at work. It could be somebody at play. But the ultimate goal is to take them where? Maybe it's to the loft. Maybe this is where they need to get them involved in. Maybe this is the starting point for them to start to experience the, the, the why for them. Or if you take it back all the way up the top, the new. It's literally a simple roadmap to following who Jesus is and what he wants to do in 2017 for you and for me. And so I pray literally, why do you do? I pray for why do you do in 2017 for all of us. If you can't answer that, man, you have not been made new. And that's my goal. Today I pray we set the stage for the next three, four weeks of, of why do you do? And I pray it's because Jesus Christ has made you new so we can get this daily motion towards him every single time and we can make history together every step of the way and we see literally our kidsville not just explode, not just our student stuff with living room explode, but literally we see love loud not explode in ways we've never seen possible simply because you answered the one question of why. Because why changes everything? Why changes everything? The question that I have, has Christ made you new? Has Christ made you new? So Jesus, man, that's the question that we're gonna leave with today. Just draw a little bit of tension in the room of, has Christ made us new? And if he has, can we answer the why? Can we answer the why around that? Because if we can, it's gonna change the trajectory of 2017 for us. It's gonna change how we talk to the who's beside us. It's gonna change maybe some of the patterns of, of where we go because we're gonna find ourselves leaning in to start to serve more, starting to give more, starting to love more. And we're gonna find ourselves doing things that literally have, have changed us from the inside out 
And when we start to become new in you, literally it changes everything. And then the person's gonna ask a question. They're not gonna come up, what do you do? They're gonna ask the question, why do you do that? And our simple response should be because Christ has made me new. But the reality of that is this. I know there's people in this room that are struggling with that. And so Jesus, I'm asking you just to lean on them. May their hearts be pricked right now in a way that allows them to know that the old has gone. There is a new starting point today, but they gotta trust you. They gotta lean in. They got to literally say, I, I'm all in, God. I don't wanna go back. I want to be made new. And when that moment happens, God, it's gonna answer some things. It's gonna answer why. And we're gonna start to celebrate. We're gonna see life happen for the very first time in 2017. We're gonna see light bulbs light up. We're gonna see things immeasurably more that we've never dreamed or imagined simply because we leaned in to the why and we're trusting you. Father, I just pray for us all this morning and we just, we celebrate new. We celebrate the new of the new year because the old has gone and the new is here. Hey, we're going to sing a song.